1: welcome to the attacking scrum podcast where welsh rugby matters yet again we have another weekend where none of the welsh regions have a competitive fixture but me and dan are still going to have a chat and a bit of a ramble through this week's World of Welsh rugby and there's a few things going on, Dan, isn't there? There is a few things, mainly on the coaching front, Jed. Yeah, it feels like we're reaching the end of an era now, doesn't it? It's like we're in yeah. the last stages of being in sick form or something because uh, <laughs> this coaching setup that we've known for some time are all uh, yeah, are all heading on. Yeah, what we've known for so many years is
0: uh, finally upon us. Yeah, it's finally upon us, and we're heading into the unknown.
1: With a bit of trepidation. Yeah, well we are, yeah. I mean, awful lot of exciting things to happen before that. So there is, thank goodness. Thank goodness. So we've yeah, we've got the World Cup of course to focus on. Uh but yeah, I guess we'll have a little we'll have a little look back and a trawl through some of the finest moments of Gatland and McBride and Howley and Edwards, which we'll be doing in this episode. We'll also have a bit of a chat about transfer news or lack of it. There's a worrying lack of players coming in, I think, to, the, to bolster these Welsh squads. Yeah, it's certainly one way, isn't it? And that's it is that's at the moment, yeah, it does really. Uh, so me and Dan will be getting to the bottom of that, why that is, and uh, whether we're expecting anything to change, and we'll be doing all of that across the course of the next half an hour or so. Before we get underway, quick thanks to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. As we always said, another fantastic season where they've, they've backed us, and if you want to back them by getting your hands on some great, Coffee, then do head over to socoffeetrades.co.uk and find out for yourself. We'll start with Warren Gatlin then, shall we, Dan? The main man. The main man, and he will be the main man for his third consecutive time as head coach of the British and Irish Lions when he takes over yet again in 2021. Tour to South Africa. Did you see this one coming?
0: Yeah, I thought it was there's any there's any one man for the job really. Mm. Um, he wanted it didn't he I think that's partly the reason why he's probably stayed around as well because he's always I think he's always had an eye on the Lions hasn't he from coming over Yeah, and just has enjoyed it so much I think that's a big part of why he stayed with Wales for so long really. well, he's been on
1: every Lions tour in some capacity yeah. since becoming Wales head coach he went on the '09 9 tour as one of Geach's assistants and then subsequently he was head coach for 13 and 17 and to be doing it again you know he's he's kind of really you know be carving carving his name into the that book of lions legends i think
0: yeah well yeah his, his name's in there isn't he i think already but you couldn't you could could you look could you really look beyond him after that that sort of i mean the you know the way in which he yeah. uh, he brought about a fantastic result
1: over in uh, over new zealand i mean his record for the lions is fantastic, i think he did a fine job in two thousand and nine. In terms of you know coaching the midweek side and and really kind of cutting his teeth and understanding what the Lions is all about and creating a sense of yeah you've, we've spoken about this before but you go back to that time and the Lions had a really unclear future at that point in time we'd been hammered in New Zealand four years before four years before that we'd lost to Australia and well, the identity was that was it. lost yeah, wasn't yeah, exactly.
0: it
1: exactly he. He sort of
0: understood it, didn't he, and understands it and has definitely put the Lions you know, back on the map. Not that they were potentially ever really off it, but there was a
1: chance, wasn't it? They were slipping. You're right, they were losing identity, really, uh, yeah, weren't they? Yeah. And, and yeah, being a part of that, I think he got a really good understanding of what the Lions was all about. And then to win in, in Australia, a tour that wasn't without its controversies, of course... And then getting that draw in in New Zealand. You know, his, his track record is, is superb. So you can certainly see from that point of view why they're interested. The other thing that I think is really interesting about this one is because he's out of contract with Wales, he's picked up this job. I don't know whether he's, he's going to have another job alongside this. But I can't see that he's going to end up being England's head coach off the back of this. Surely that would be too much of a distraction yeah, I think that's probably going to be too much of a
0: distraction. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. Be um, what is he gonna? What is he gonna do? I don't know, but Where I'm really he... hoping
1: that he, he. This is his his main job. Yeah, and I don't know the details of the contract, but, but I imagine he's commanded a pretty decent salary off this. Is that so? We don't have to face, any another side coach by him. Well, yeah, in part, yeah, you know, it is, isn't it? You imagine what kind of an impact he would make with that England squad. That'd be frightening. They've got yeah. they've got a great set of players, but they haven't for a while been able to to get the most out of that squad. You know, Eddie Jones did it for a little while. Lancaster had a few bits and pieces where you know they they won some Six Nations titles, but it, yeah. it, that side has never really no. achieved what it what it should with the the individuals f- that they've got at their disposal. And for me
0: it's down to the selection. So he, yeah. he selects sides that okay, sometimes his selections aren't popular. You know, the Welsh public have um have given Gatland and Co. a hammering at times yeah. for picking players, you know, the whole Warren Ball side. But he picked he picked for me, he picked sides that will win. Mm. and will, you know, depending on who we're playing against. And that's what he'd do with England when he'd select the right players. Yeah. And they, we've called it many times, they've often picked the wrong guys. And uh, so, yeah, we really, really don't want to see him coaching the English side. No,
1: but it's an interesting one because I found it quite strange that Lions have resorted to having a coach of, a coach of one of the home nations as their, as their head coach. You know, I kind of think back to 2009 and think it was good that McGeekin didn't have... His you know he didn't have any there was no politics of being involved in any of those sides, and I think that that was a bit of help really and yeah. so I'm yeah. quite excited about the fact that he can dedicate you know the bulk of his time to to this if he ends up picking up a a coaching consultancy job here there and everywhere and picking up a few a few decent paychecks along the way that's fine, but this is going to be his his main focus for the next few years
0: yeah it's it's probably um certainly a lot more of a challenge as a coach isn't it if you're involved with a with a national side and then you and then you're coaching the lions as well because you're going to get criticized for for favoring you know for favoring your own and i think to some degree because they're humans Mm. the coaches that you you will be swayed
1: by by uh you know, on certain decisions you Or you naturally. end up in a situation like Graham Henry did in two thousand and one, where arguably his relationship was never the same with the players after that tour because you didn't there were certainly some Welsh players who I know felt that yeah. they should have got the nod and didn't Yeah. Yeah you can go the other way with like the Dai Young you know Da Young saying that he
0: didn't he didn't pick his son at times because yeah. he didn't want to come across as showing favouritism yeah. when I think one of some of the other players I think in the end up
1: came up to him and said, Look, you you got to mm. you've gotta pick your son. So there's that side to it as well, isn't there? There is. So I think being free from those kind of those bits of politics, I think is quite an exciting prospect mm. for the Lions. Yeah, it's yeah, certainly the I think the Lions will be in a hopefully in a better place for that. Do you think they might go into this tour favourites as well? It's been a rare occurrence that we've gone into these tours' favourites, but off the back of a good couple of successful tours under Gatland and you know, we we don't know exactly how the home nations will be playing in in two years time but you yeah know, you've seen a resurgence Scotland the Ireland have, have beaten the all blacks during uh during that time England have, have shown some resurgence and Wales have continued to to perform well in in the six nations so yeah I think I think we will be going in mm. as as
0: you know as favourites um by a small margin I think um they're building a bit of momentum, aren't they? And I think by, you know, by yeah, yeah, by 2021, they're probably going to be the,
1: re- the real deal again. I think they could be dark horses for the World Cup. Yeah, there's a few people calling that, isn't there? Yeah, I just think that they do have. Again, there's been so much complication around selection for a number of years. Whether it's you know whether it's been the quota systems of the past or. Um, players playing abroad and those kind of things that have made it have made it difficult, but they do have a huge amount of strength and depth at grassroots level South Africa. And I I think when they get it right, some of those players have got have got the potential to step up another level and and I, I do think that there's there's a huge amount of potential within that squad. And there is just that niggly South African mentality edge. that there there is an edge that they do often turn up at, at World Cups and they're really galvanised, and they don't have that those kind of mental blocks that Wales have had in the past. You know, South Africa just almost seem to to grow an extra inch when they pull on that jersey in the big occasion. Yeah, they're a big they're a they're a big outfit as well, aren't they? They're, I think
0: they've been quite raw for a number yeah. of years now, and you could question some of the coaching as well that's gone on. But in a world in a World Cup scenario, they're going to have a massive pack. You get that pack well trained, well coached. It's going to cause some damage, and then you know they've always had exciting players in the backs, yeah. but they've
1: selected poorly. The coaching thing's really interesting for me because I, I do think with Razi Erasmus they've got a top quality coach there who is able to get the most out of that. Well, that he, made, unit. he made a difference with it on, almost instantly. On, on, yeah, he did, didn't he? And
0: it's interesting on the coaching front, isn't it? Because you get it, you, you put a you put a, a good coach in, and it, it changes the side almost overnight yeah. isn't it um, so that'll be if we go back two years mm. when we were looking at the Lions going over to South Africa We yeah. were there was a lot of people probably thinking yeah we'll do this well to, yeah. to get anything
1: out of this it'll be a
0: 3-0 yeah but now I think um,
1: that's going to be it's going to be a real ding-dong and a humdinger a lot yeah obviously a lot can happen in those in those two years and we'll we'll see how the home nations go at the world cup and of course we'll get a good idea of how south africa are going at that point in time too but sticking with this coaching theme any thoughts as to who you think gatlin will take with him or anyone you'd like to see him take with him on that lions tour in 2021 yeah i mean
0: i'd i'd like him to take edwards
1: would you? Yeah. Over Farrell. Yeah, I, I mean, would. Farrell will be, will be busy as as head coach of Ireland, but that won't necessarily prohibit him. You know, if you think Rob Howley was Wales' head coach when he went in in 2017, admittedly on an interim basis, but yeah, you, you'd go you'd opt for Edwards over Farrell.
0: Yeah, I'd go. With, I'd go with what he what he knows and who he trusts and and he's trusted and he Farrell likes. on the last two occasions over Edwards, though. He has, yeah. But you just wonder whether that you you can't pick all of your mm. you know all of your own or can he now because he's not actually with Wales yeah can he say yeah I'll have Howley oh, he's I'll got have, free he's got free reign I'll have Edwards um, for me he's just got to go with who he thinks is 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 the best yeah and
1: hopefully now he can do that
0: without uh, that, anybody
1: pointing the finger but I think he should go with who he thinks is the best that's a uh, yeah, you would never have thought of that, Dan. I think you know you want to you want to get. I that, need to get
0: that message across. Get to him, that message really.
1: across to him. Yeah, get the message
0: on. No, but okay, that's a ridiculous. It's an obvious and simplistic thing yeah. to say, but does he think who does he thinks better out of Sean Edwards and uh, and Farrell? We don't know, but no, we don't know. But if he picks, if he picks all the Welsh guys, mm. and he's coaching Wales, there'd be uproar. So there is a bit of politics that comes into the Lions. There always has been yeah. and always will
1: be. It's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. Do you, uh, yeah. you think he would go even on such a, a pivotal coach like defence coach where you've got to be able to get the absolute most out of, out of your players? You've got to get them as a coach. Yeah. You forget the Lions is an invitational side and you've got to get them playing cohesive rugby in a very, very short period of time... Do you really think there's the room to be to be political about it and think? I, I think if he thought Edwards was the better coach, he would he would go with him. I, I, I think to be honest, it's a coin toss with those two. Really, yeah, probably is. I mean, I,
0: we don't know. We don't know the difference between the two. I mean, is Farrell more technical in a shorter period of time than mm. than Edwards? Is Edwards more of a sort of you know does he work the man management side of it very well and gel the side? because they've got a short period of time together is that why he goes with Farrell yeah. because he's sort of he's no nonsense he goes in but he's his, his detailing is, is exceptional Yeah, we, we don't know that do we so there's different coaches come, get up to speed or work with players in a, different
1: t- in a different way it's an interesting one isn't it it's a very interesting one I tell you they're who, both very good we know that yeah. And, yeah. and to be honest if he picks either one of those two you're going to feel pretty comfortable yeah with them coaching the I mean, Lions, yeah, you would.
0: I'm, I'm, you know, Farrell. He goes with Farrell. He's been on the last few. They know each other. They obviously work together well. Is he? Would you? Would you risk changing it?
1: do know. I, I suppose the thing that's changed is is Farrell is is going to be in a, a head coach capacity, but mm. at this point, and whether or not that that's that bit complicates different. things, is it going to be more difficult to get yeah. the Irish Rugby Union to to release him? I don't know. It's it's always a it's always a slightly tricky one. Another person who well, finds a great there. relationship,
0: isn't there, between the uh, the Irish, uh, the Irish and Gatland, So
1: um, <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that <laughs> will necessarily come into it. But well, I to, well who, knows, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, think, yeah. I tell you, one head coach who I would very much like to see as part of this, and that's Gregor Townsend. I just think that Scotland plays such exciting rugby. We're going to see Greg Laidlaw? not, not Greg Laidlaw. Your, your your man crush for him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's Wayne is it a little bit yeah sorry through you then you did but I'd love to see Gregor Townsend thrown into the mix there you, you see how he's got that Scotland side playing yeah. and I'd love to see that element to a Lions tour I think we've been we've been really competitive in the in the last few tours but I would love to see a bit more flair in that back line and I think we've got individuals from across all four countries who are capable of playing really exciting rugby with the right coaching. And I think he'd be licking his lips at the thought of, of having a, of having the array of those four nations to choose from.
0: Do you not think there was a lot of flair, though, in New Zealand, then?
1: Not massively, did you? I mean, I all right, so. to be fair, that, I, that try that, try that li- the Sean O'Brien oh, try that, li- that Lynn Williams uh, set strong. up was, you know, was without doubt one of yeah. the... One of the all-time, all-time Lions, best probably prize, my yeah. favourite ever Lions try. Yeah. I think because I just did not see that coming. But generally, I wouldn't say it was it was a tour that was that was built on. It was it was built under you know a, a really good discipline and yeah, but you uh, look at the pressure and, yeah. and New Zealand sides put you under. I think
0: there was there was some really exciting rugby on display considering we're playing over in New Zealand, mm. and you can't really compare it to going back tours. You know, sort of ten, fifteen years ago, because it was so it was so much looser. Yeah. The game was, wasn't it? Um, everything was looser. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, it was. Um, the, uh, the the yeah, the off field, behaviour, yeah. shirts, everything.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, the old cotton tops. Yeah, um, but yeah, Greg. Yeah, coming back to Greg, he's, you, when you look at Greg, you you can Part of you does
1: think Lions, but he does, doesn't he? It, doesn't he? he sort of. He was very much a, you know, a, a bit of a left field selection. At yeah. 10 in 97 because you know they needed Jenkins in that side and switching him to 15 because Townsend was so important in the way that he got the backs moving. Mm. Uh, you, you know, he's he is his name is in, in Lions folklore for that for that tour because he was an outstanding playmaker. So, you've know, been a, you a bit romantic,
0: you've been a bit romantic, but think? oh,
1: you, you can't watch Scotland and tell me you wouldn't like to see Wales play like that. Yeah, I think it's or a good. The Lions yeah. play like that. No, I think he'd um. Is a good shout. Is definitely a good shout for that, isn't it? Yeah. Again, I just, I just don't know how easy it is to get the the head coaches released. It'll be, it'll be a tricky one, and I, I imagine you know Scottish Rugby Union will want pretty, um, yeah, pretty healthy notice and reparations for that. But mm. in, in my eyes, I'd love to, I'd love to see him. Yeah, you know, ideally Farrell go with him. But yeah, I yeah, it might be, it might be a bit too difficult to get all of those. The other thing that I think is quite interesting is if this is basically Gatlin's full-time job, whether that turns out to be the case or not, is as part of that, will he go out scouring around the world? You know, will he go back to New Zealand and and have a look at some up-and-coming coaches and try and unearth some of these talents who he could work with for an extended period of time and, you know, almost get on board as an assistant one or two years out and have them on board and go, right, we're going to build this squad now and... One well, bringing him in, nice and tight, in over really a, early. an eighteen-month yeah. period. Yeah,
0: he could do. Yeah, um, would there be any backlash for that? I don't know. Um, for me,
1: from the boards, I suppose. From no, what I'm saying. Let's say you go. Well, so you think that if he were to appoint someone who's, let's say, I'd say, for example, the you know Crusaders academy manager. And he's given him a big, you know, a big promotion. I mean, this is purely hypothetical, mm. right? And he's given him a big promotion he's brought him on board and he's going to be one of his right-hand man. and there will be some other appointments from the nations alongside him. Do you think the nations would get a bit... What, a bit... Yeah, I think... I, I think they'd almost be pleased and go, well, that's great because it's not going to disrupt us. You know, we're not going to be losing... We're not going to be losing Gregor, or we're not going to be losing Andy Farrell or whoever.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, there's... I guess so. Um I don't know, it's just it's always been with the Lions, you've always had, haven't you? have always had coaches from you know, from the home from the nations yeah. that are involved then really. Um but it is getting more and more difficult and challenging because the demands on the coach mm. on the on the national coaches now are probably far greater than they ever were. Yeah. And their own you know you know, the RFU and, you know, all the other boards are are not particularly happy then with releasing the coaches because it does have a detrimental effect on Wales. Did Gatland going um, on his about have an effect on Wales? Both times, undoubtedly. And, and yeah, the vast majority of people would say yes.
1: Um, so, yeah. It, but it's, it's different when you're going as a head coach and you have to take that year 18 months off to if you're going as a backs coach and you just don't go on the summer tour. You know that's that's the reality of it, isn't it? So if if Gregor Townsend becomes the attack coach, he won't be coaching Scotland when they go on their tour to Argentina or wherever. He'll be on that Lions tour, and they have someone else step up and, and do the role there. Yeah, but it does still have like okay, The impact is is
0: you know is is far less, isn't it? Mm. On the detrimental side, but it does have it. It does have a, a, an impact, doesn't it? Um, I don't think it's, it's. I don't think it's that big because it's nice to to bring on some of the coaches, isn't it? And yeah. That, and, and see how they perform or don't. It can't um, be
1: as big an impact as losing 10-15 no. players, depending on which side you you're the coach of.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Gat- it's, it's an interesting point, Gatlin. He could end up doing something like that, couldn't he?
1: Do you know, know that he that likes just, to yeah. keep people nice and tight, doesn't he? Yeah, he likes to almost have them as family. So he could do something a little. I just left think field. it could be a really nice luxury if this is going to be for the next two years. This is going to be his sole job, which I hope it is. It'd be a great luxury to have someone there. He's not involved in any of the other politics, and he can concentrate a hundred percent on this. And in doing that, if he was able to bring in a, another coach, who's, South African. Well, I don't know. It could be anyone, couldn't <laughs> it? Um, I mean, that would be- it'd, be, it'd be a clever move. It'd be a clever move. Someone who knows. The way South Africa play and how they think and yeah, all of those things. What they're looking
0: to you know, how they're looking to play, what style through through their sides into the national team. I don't know. Yeah. I think he'll have a few he'll definitely have a few things up his sleeve, won't he? I'm sure. Because he's gonna have a lot more time.
1: Yeah. Unless unless he just puts his feet up for a while. I can't imagine. He's not the the type of enjoys the red wine. Do you think yeah, he just starts cracking into the Pinot Noir? yeah he might do. I don't know. I don't think he's the type I think this is this is one big hurrah for him no I think he would you know do three three lines towards his head coach
0: yeah I get the impression get two, of it that two he can, wins and a draw I think he can tune in tune out I think, Gavin. Yeah. I, think he's, I think he's sort of he's intense when he's
1: there mm. but I reckon he could quite easily move away from it and that's why this is because you've seen him on a couple of after dinners and he's uh, and he's bashing through the red wine isn't it no it's not it's just I, I don't know i mean it's, it's it's nice to sort of to 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 think so to think away but we I've really got no idea yeah none of none of us have have we no, we don't really right we' we're, we're going to chat about coaches again uh, after this very very quick break when we have a look at Howley McBride and to a lesser extent Edwards, all of that coming up after this quick break. Welcome back to the Attacking Scrum podcast. We're going to carry on talking about coaches as some other news break in this week and well, yeah, confirmed over the past week or so. Robin McBride heading to Leinster. Looks like Rob Howley might also be heading over to Ireland, potentially with a move to Munster. On the cards, difficult to know what to make of this, Dan. Is it a positive thing because you know some of the biggest sides in European rugby are looking at those coaches and saying right they've done such a fantastic job we want them on board or is it a negative thing that we've not been able to keep them in Wales I think it's got to be a negative really isn't it because it's going to
0: benefit Irish rugby mm. over Welsh rugby um, but probably behind all of it really is going to be Pound Notes again isn't oh, yeah, it with, undoubtedly. with the money on offer there's a lot to talk about you know how sad it's how sad it is that the the coaches aren't going to be mm. coaching any of the regions. I'm sure they would have they would have been interested in coaching some of the regions. Uh, if um, the, yeah, if the money if was the, right. If the money was right, yeah. Um, but uh, if you if you're in their shoes and you get approached by if you get approached by Leinster and Munster. It's very very difficult to turn it down, isn't it? Two really successful sides, um, historically. Mm. Obviously, Munster have had a bit of a, a bit of a dip, haven't they? But on the up again, and and I think are, are on the up in, I reckon that in quite a big way actually. Yeah. Um, you,
1: you'd if you're in their shoes, you're going to take it, aren't you? Yeah, I think so. It, ultimately, it will come down to. Me. If there was the money knocking around Welsh rugby, would one of the regions slash the union want to keep those coaches? Undoubtedly. I'm sure that would be the case. But the fact of the matter is they've been part of Gatland's coaching squad for over a decade. They're going to be on a good sum of money. There's, there's no way that, that there's the money within mm. any of those clubs to, to be able to keep them there. Unless, perhaps, you were to look at McBride and go, right we're going to push him up to be head coach of say Dragons It's he's still, still going to be on a lot less money isn't it? do you think so we're working on the basis that Dean Ryan is going to be announced at some point in time as Dragons head coach do you think Ryan will be on less money than McBride yeah do you yeah I do yeah um, I'm not that's not based on anything
0: but yeah um, yeah I think he probably will be I think a big part of it as well with the with McBride and Howley is that it's it's a really interesting time in their coaching sort of journey. Yeah. They have, Howley's had so much criticism mm.
1: that he... Oh, you wouldn't be in a, you wouldn't be in a hurry to stick around in Wales. You you wouldn't be.
0: And I, and I, I can't, you know, I can't blame him for that because he's had so much stick mm. and, uh, and it's not quite, it's not right really in my opinion. But... Well yeah,
1: we've, we've obviously, we've, we've spoken about this before, I've I've certainly given him some stick in terms of being a head coach and, you know I felt he underachieved in that role in in 2017 but I agree there's I think there's a difference between criticism and and out and out flack yeah and, he he's he's had a huge amount of flack as well
0: from from people saying that he's um you know he's not a he's not a good coach but yeah ice cream van and yeah I mean that all probably that, stuff. That, that that probably didn't help did it as as sort of you know as comical as it is it uh, it clearly didn't help did it but it's very difficult to pass to pass comment as well, when no one's been actually coached by him, and the way in which he holds himself yeah. and all those things doesn't help, does he? Because you could say he's a personality short of of being a a brilliant coach. If yeah. he was to if he was to come out as Gatland is, yeah, and to basically put people in or their place, or yeah, yeah, and you know what what how would he be perceived then? Because it is a lot. A big part of it is how he holds himself, mm. how he talks, and you can sort of. You can easily sort of take the mick out of that. Um,
1: You can. Obviously, neither of us are being coached by Rob Haley. But again, you cast your mind back a year or so. And was it Sean O'Brien came out and and said that it was the backs were being coached by Farrell and Sexton? They were the ones calling the shots. But he's a forward. Yeah, but you'd know. If you're in camp, you would know. Yeah, but you've always got
0: that. You've always got people within a team that are just an absolute nightmare and have a have an opinion, and they don't really know understand what's going on. I think I said at the time that maybe because he wasn't barking orders, and he isn't that type of guy mm. that's literally, you know, dictating how players are playing. If he's just letting the the outside halves and the key senior players just feel their way around mm. and let them coach the side, that can be a sign of a of a brilliant man manager. And it isn't. I don't think it's as obvious to say because he wasn't barking and ordering. Yeah. And, and we don't. I don't know. You know. Maybe maybe that was the case. But um, I just think for one person coming out, you, you, it, it's you, we never know. You're never going to know.
1: The other interesting thing is if you look at how Stuart Lancaster has rejuvenated his career by being at Leinster. That's got to. That's got to be something that you'd look at if you were McBride or or Howley and think, well. I can really go and and bolster my reputation. Yeah, their stock is high, isn't it? And they could very easily if they go
0: into the Welsh regions
1: there's yeah, no, money. Lose, like there's no there, money. There's no
0: money. There's no money. The the player pathway is is sort of and well it's under the cosh of it. Yeah. And you look at the pathway in Ireland, it's it seems to be getting stronger and stronger almost oh, every year. Yeah. Money's there, they're in yeah. financially a really good place. It, it's all it would be difficult then for you to for you to mess up in a big way, mm. in a big way, right? especially if you're not in a head, if coach, you're not role. In a head coach role, yeah. and you're also surrounded by really good other coaches. Yeah. So even below some of the some of the the sort of assistants and technical guys beneath this are are, are bloody good. Yeah. So there's a protection. There's a protection around them, isn't there? That is going to help. And even though you know Howley's, what Howley's achieved is is almost unprecedented, mm. really, in terms, of, in terms of a Welsh coach okay? and, and McBride, they would still be... People would be circling them very, very early doors mm. if they were to be involved with Wales. So, again, if you're advising them, you probably would say, head, head over to Ireland, boys, because you're going to have an arm around you. There's going to be some protection... You've also got the financial side of it as well, and it is going to probably prolong your coaching careers yes. by
1: a good number of years. Yeah, you're right. The reality is, a Leinster going to suddenly get knocked off their perch in yeah. the next four years. Yeah, you I don't can't. think so. No, I, you know, I think you it. it's like joining Man United in the 90s, isn't it? Yeah, it's almost like yeah, it's like turning up like Steve McLaren did, and who's the uh, Portuguese fellow who's at Man United? Carlos Quiros. they they all went and picked off good jobs by being Fergie's yeah. number two and you can see that a similar thing happening. Yeah. In McBride's case, you know, well, you know, I've, I've been part of this hugely successful Wales side, I've been part of this hugely successful Leinster side and then, you know, you could really, realistically pick up a really big job if you wanted it. Yeah. Part of it as well is probably that they want
0: to, they, they'll want to learn and develop and kick, and kick on as well. Mm. And yeah, have, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And have, and be challenged in a, in a different way because coaching a, a club side or regional side mm. is going to be very, very different to coaching international, isn't it? Um, so they're going to need, they're going to need assistance, aren't they coming into that, that role? Um, so it is, it is sad, isn't it? That we leave, that we're losing quality coaches, but you can totally understand that yeah. Um, but you do wonder where, you know, he
1: do, the thing that I think is a bit frustrating is that the whole regional dream was was yeah you know, part of that was that we'd be developing young Welsh coaches yeah. as part of the regional setup, and it's certainly not the case with the head coach because we're more than likely going to go into next season with no Welsh head coaches, and that's the bit that that is that is a bit concerning, yeah. and we have got some good.
0: We have got some good Welsh coaches as well, haven't we? I know, you know, I think Steve Tandy's working wonders, isn't he, over in, yeah. you know, overseas. Um, obviously, something went wrong in uh, the Ospreys there in... Well, what I mean, he did. He did a
1: solid seven or eight years there. Yeah, just
0: at the end, though, I mean...
1: Yeah, he you know, did. And that happens, you know, yeah. in the same way that, you know, do I think Jim Mallander's a bad coach? Because, you know, he... He got moved on from from Saints at, at the end of his career, at the end of his long time there, because it wasn't working out. No, I don't know. He's a he's a good coach, and he's got he's got the medals to back it up. It just kept but, the end of the cycle. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think Tandy is, is an interesting one because I think he managed to almost create a new wave of the Ospreys. This kind of post Galacticos era. Yeah, he had a really challenging job on his head, yeah. didn't he, to, to handle that transition? Which could have gone yeah completely belly up, but he 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 did it really well, didn't he? Let's stick, with the Let's stick with the regions for a minute because I said right at the start of the show, there's not been a huge amount of transfer action in terms of players coming in. I'm sure Project Reset has had no small part in this. You know, we've heard stories over the last week or so of Nick Williams not being able to be offered a new contract. It's been held up by the union and uh, and things like this. But we're now in, you know, coming into the middle of May. It's a little bit. It's a little bit concerning, isn't it? You know, yeah, which, which these players the are going to be. Yeah, which of these players are going to be available. Yeah, I mean the the list of the list
0: of players that are that are exiting is. Do uh... you have a look at that?
1: Yeah, let's have a
0: little look. Yeah. Right,
1: let's start with let's start with the Ospreys. They've released a load of players this week. So Baldwin, as we know, is heading to Harlequins, and we're hoping to catch up with him ahead of the new season. Yeah. Get him on the podcast. I'd uh, be interested. Yeah, I'm be sure he's got a few a few good stories to tell. He'll have a few tales. Yeah. Joe Thomas, talented young centre, is headed out to New Zealand. This, yeah, that seems to be a real shame. Oh, it's it? So annoying, isn't it? Because he's that's exactly the kind of player that you want to be staying within the regions. He would have got plenty of rugby, I'm sure. So that that feels like a massive waste. Tom Haberfield, Alex Jeffries, Rob McCusker, all all kind of heading out of the Ospreys. Hammerfield's an interesting one as part of that because he's been a really useful player for them for a long period of time. Admittedly, yeah. less so this season, but yeah, he has he What did we say
0: I think it was 135 appearances, was it? Something like that. Read experience. Yeah. Was yeah? Was it only last year that he he was playing really well, wasn't he? Um, can switch on the wing as well. Yeah, and do a job. He'll only twenty
1: six. It'd be a good. It'd be a great signing for. I tell you what, I would love to see yeah. the Dragons. Yeah. We do a lot worse than bringing him at the Dragons. So a lot of players going out there. The only signing that's coming is obviously the the high profile one of Gareth Anscombe. So that's a bit worrying. You know, is that squad getting any getting any stronger than it has been this season? Not based on we've it. never seen it quite like this, have we? You've got yeah, what's that? Not this time. What's year? that? Players out there seven, is it? Yeah, and one player in. in.
0: Yeah. It, it's it's usually like for like. Yeah. or at least yeah, isn't
1: it? Yeah, well, you look at There's symmetry between look, at the this time in. last year, and I'm not saying that these players are right. The Dragons bought in like 15 players by this time last mm. year. And yeah, it's probably about the same going out. But yeah, it's, that's very strange. Scarlet's is a little bit more like for like. So Scott Jenkins is a peripheral player. He's headed to Bedford. Tom Price hasn't played a lot this time, but he's gone to Exeter in a, a squad capacity. Declan Smith's gone. Bullbring's been released. Again, I think he'd be a good signing for someone. And Will Boyd were expecting to turn up at Cardiff. Cardiff Blues, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they've they've got a couple of players coming. Dane Black has come from from Cardiff, who's an interesting scrum half. Um, Sam Luzy, Lousy, Luisi, i am not entirely sure how you say it—but he's he's the big name signing coming in from the Hurricanes. So, Scarlets looks a bit more, mm. you know, a bit more solid. They bought yeah. in a lot of players last summer, and it yeah. didn't necessarily work. So, I'd be less worried about that. The Dragons haven't bought in a single player yet, and they've let a lot go. Uh, obviously, Hallam Amos, we know, is heading to Cardiff Blues. But then you've got players like like Calvin Wellington, Rodri Harris, who uh, sorry Rodri Davis, who've just not featured at all for the Dragons. Who've headed on uh, Henson's. You know, we're expecting him to to hang up his boots now. Landman, who I think fell out with fell out with Jackman, and hasn't uh, you know has has been released before this anyway. And then Tovey, who will be back at some point next season. <laughs> you know, again, no players coming in there. You look at how. That's the dragons, the, the dragons have struggled to be competitive, and there's no players coming in to strengthen that squad up. So I mean, who who is going to come into that side, other than possibly a player like Haberfield who's out there released? It's just too late in it's the day. It'll be yeah, be players in the wilderness,
0: won't I it? I think so. Um, there are some there are some very good players in that that sort of wilderness. Yeah. Um. The yeah, but I mean. It's it's it is incredibly late in the day now,
1: and then you look at the Blues. Couple, you know a couple of players retiring, like Matthew Reese, Jack Roberts, who sadly I think injury has put pay to. Yeah, um, you know, didn't really get a chance to feature. Sean Bennett was was similar; he was very good when he was on loan, and then has been injured the whole time since. And then, yes, yeah, so a lot of players going. On. Obviously, Reese Carrier, we've said, a, a big a big blow to them. And really, the only players they've bought in. Are Josh Adams and Hallam Amos in an area that they they've got plenty of backs. yeah they've got plenty of cover uh, in that in those roles. It was really talented outside backs, and yet again they find themselves nearing, needing a two, a five, and an eight. Yeah, you know, especially if Nick Williams isn't able to to sign his contract. Yeah. And wh- where are these players yeah, coming losing from? George Earls? That's a blow. But then they, you know they'll have three hundred and fifty, four hundred grand freed up from Anscom's Wage budget and no one to spend it on. This, so I think we're all, we're all these regions are going to be in for another thing tough season these, next year. The thing is, these boys,
0: though, when I say players in, you know, James Botham coming up from the academy, Azarati, I mean, Shane Lewis Hughes, they're obviously going to be on on higher wages now, aren't they? Which then eats into that that money that's come out. No, yeah, but they haven't got, but they, but they haven't got any money, have they? It's and none, the, none of the regions seem to have any. But
1: yeah, it's going to be. I just think it's too late. It's too late in the day. It's too late in the day now. And you know, you look at the the options that are going to be around there. I think you've got to be very clever and and have a little look and a scour around. You know, like maybe someone like with Newcastle going down maybe Matavesi. You know, so maybe going back to the Ospreys or one of the reasons. Someone who knows knows Welsh rugby and is is proven at this level. I think you. You've got to try to be really, really sure, but it's made so much more difficult now because the bulk of teams will have done, you know, will done have the done, business, done the it. business. So you look at uh, you look at other sides in the league. Um, Benetton: five players gone out, four players come in. Connacht again, similar kind of thing. A few players been released, a couple of players moving over, but likewise, a lot of, play- lot a lot of, of players, players coming in. Yeah. So it, it just seems so much more lopsided. Edinburgh, Edinburgh again, so yeah. it's like for like. Glasgow. Pretty much like for like with a couple of players you know, a couple of additional players being released. Leinster don't need to strengthen because they've got they've got an abundance of talent. Munster, like for like. You know, it's it's really, really worrying, I think. Ulster, they've got players coming in from, uh, from island. More coming in than going out. Yeah. Ulster. So I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't bode well for me going ahead. No, into it's really next inter- season. It's really concerning, isn't it? Especially when you, especially World when Cup, we know World Cup year as well. But World Cup year, and
0: that we know that the, the the squads for the Welsh regions are lightweight.
1: Yeah, and they're about to get even lighter. It's a good job we've got the World Cup to look forward to, Dan. What the hell are we going to do if it we is. get no- if we get knocked out in the pool stage? We need to we need to end on a high note. So, <laughs> all right, World, what is that then? Wales to win the World Cup. Don't say things like that. Like, just let's just keep our head down, <laughs> keep our head down, stay out of trouble. Let's not. Let's like that classic. Where it's just
0: that's an underdog. Yeah.
1: Go under. Go the radar. radar. We
0: can't go under the radar now, can we? Um. Yeah. Now we've got the World Cup coming. That's going to keep us. Uh,
1: I wasn't anticipating this up. being as depressing a note to end on. I thought it'd be interesting just to have a little look around players coming in and it has really, <laughs> well, it's really brought the mood down hasn't it? But, well there's no players there's no players coming in so it was a
0: it was a bit of a funny one to end on but we're going to end there we're going to have to I think we're going to have to yeah. yeah oh well let's see if there's any Merthyr won the league I suppose that's that's something else absolutely beat RGC didn't they they beat RGC the final...
1: to, to do it in the final minute to to secure that title
0: oh, yeah what's that three three titles on the bounce I think, yeah. isn't it
1: fair play yeah Again, they've got plenty, go. they got plenty of money coming in, haven't they? So they've been able to pick up, you know, and build a really good squad of players it's around heavy. there. It's so difficult,
0: isn't it not not mentioning money when we're talking about when, when we're talking know. about the podcast? Because it seems it does rule everything, sadly,
1: doesn't it? Yeah, it does, and it's it's clear, you know, it's clear from the from these squads the Irish the Irish region because they're so heavily funded by the union and their successful sides. They're in. A, they're in a really strong state, and they've got these players coming through every every season. A young crop of talent seems to come through and, and do the business for um, for the Irish for the Irish provinces. And I suppose the one advantage that we've had in Wales is a lot of young talent has come through and been exposed at a young age, and that served the, the national side well. But the state, the state <laughs> of these regions, you know, we want them to be competitive. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think it's. If you think how successful the Irish club sides have been in Europe over the last decade or so it hasn't necessarily translated into into the um, into the international sphere Wales have been arguably more competitive than Ireland despite the fact that their dev regions haven't performed anywhere near the level of the level of success but it can't go on for you know it can't go on forever where you've just you know there, there has to come a point where the readings are able to to kind of to fend for themselves, or they're centrally controlled, or, or whatever the answer is. But you know, you look yeah. at you look at Cardiff's Cardiff Blues um, situation this week, and luckily, Peter Thomas has written off a load of that debt. But the, I think the headline was it doesn't make for happy reading. Yeah, well, so, and that's
0: a little. I think. I think. Uh... There's a bit more to it than that as well. That headline could be could be uh, a little stronger. But, yeah, um, yeah. It's it just was... there's such a contrast isn't there between the international game and then the regions. You wonder where where is it
1: all going to end for the for the for the regions? Yeah. Well, yeah. That, I mean that's it. We spent a lot of time talking about Project Reset this this season, and it hasn't. And nothing's been reset. So the only the only thing you can potentially see is is if this CVC investment does come in, there is going to be some money and and these. Teams can kind of strengthen their squad and hopefully get a bit more stable. But True. as we said, yeah, yeah. they're going to want they're going to want a return on this uh, at some point. So it's a big short and yeah, you worry about the longevity yeah. don't you? It's going to be a short term gain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, look at look at London Irish this week for example. You know, just promoted from just promoted from the championship, and they've bought who they've, they've, they've bought in Kepu, Paddy Jackson. Um, who have I missed off that uh, got more player? Naholo. Yeah, I know they've just got <clears throat> Yeah, all blacks wallabies Island and You're wondering where the next signing is, yeah. yeah. Sean O'Brien's they, can, joining. Can they, can they go even bigger again? I don't know. But um, again, that's got to be in, in no small part due to due to the, the windfall that the clubs have got off the back of C V C. So yeah. you know, if if it were to happen with this league, and I think it's got to really. I think something like that has to happen if these if these sides are going to stand any chance of improvement. Here's the, here's the high note to finish on. And go it's on. a
0: big one. Yeah, yeah. CVC come in, mm-hmm. and they're looking to make. They're looking to make some big changes. Make some big money. I can tell by this little smirk on your face where this is going. But go on, Dan. And we're going to have the the Welsh teams up against the English teams. Yeah. In one big league and then we're back to the old days nearly
1: of, you know, your Baths versus Scarlets, Mm. your Cardiff Blues. I I think that is a a realistic... How good would that be? It's not unthinkable, right? And I'll tell you why. I really don't think European rugby has has strengthened itself. You know, they had that, again, they had a kind of reset of their own whenever that would have been, 2013, Mm. and the whole rebrand and all that kind of stuff. And the reality is I don't think that the European competitions are in as strong a state as they should be. The dominance of the French league has uh, has certainly had an impact on that, I think, and the importance of the French league has really kind of, to a certain extent, overwhelmed the, um, sorry, the undermined even the uh, the European competitions. I know you've had French sides performing well in it, but at the same time, that top fourteen is everything to them. Mm. So. I don't think it's unthinkable to think that that European competition might fall by the wayside or maybe become a knockout competition or something like that running alongside a British league.
0: Now I'm excited.
1: What then do you do with the South African and <laughs> the Italian sides in there though? I don't know. <laughs> <That's> the, <laughs> but anyway don't it, ask would, me that. it would be exciting it would be exciting to think. I was right up there then oh, yeah. you brought me back down again. Alright well let's, let's finish on this yeah. with us being exiled in London. It could be an exciting thought to think that we could look down the fixture list and go. Oh, let's pop over to Harlequins and watch oh, um, be, and watch uh, Cardiff Blues yeah. there, or let's go to London Irish and watch. It'd be more than Dragons exciting, wouldn't it? You'd, you'd have
0: games that you'd have games that you want to watch. Yeah, you know and that that is the that's the truth of it, isn't it? It it's is the really. crux of it. A lot of these games,
1: who's interested in them? Well. <laughs> Every time we try for positive, but you're, like, you're yeah. right. You're right. I think uh, if if that is something that that could happen, and I think it it could be achievable in the not too distant future, then while CVC are going to want their pound of flesh, it could well be for the yeah. You know, it would be definitely be an enhancement on the the league. As you we've got need, you need to moment. get on the on the on the blower to CVC. Do you think so? I think so. Yeah, Maybe I'll, yeah, I'll, make, I'll make the call. On, on you, your way home now. I it, I'll make the call. And you, you get that call into Warren Gatland and say, Warren, I think you should pick the coaches you think are the best for the job. Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> right, we'll leave that right there. Thanks for listening. We'll be back to chat rugby with you again very, very soon. Uh, if you want to let us know what you think about the British League, about, uh, about Warren Gatland as the Lions coach, about whether we should have tried to keep Howley and McBride in this country. If If you know of any shrewd players out there who any of the regions could sign, let us know that, and you can do that on Twitter at Attacking Scrum. Like our Facebook page, join our Facebook group, which is called Wales Rugby Fans, and follow us on Instagram as well, Welsh Rugby Attacking Scrum. That's it for me and Dan. We'll be back very, very soon. Podcast Network.